Growing up in Australia, I remember as a kid when we were watching TV and how it used to cause fights between me and my older brothers. Depending on which part of the lounge room you were sitting in meant that you could hear the TV better in some spots than others. So if you got to that lounge room last, bad news. You had the bad hearing spot and chaos ensued. Thankfully, that is not a problem me and my kids will ever have to worry about thanks to ARC, the all-new premium smart soundbar from Sonos for TV, movies, music, gaming and more. ARC was designed from the inside out for incredibly clear sound and rich bass then fine-tuned by Oscar and Grammy-winning producers, mixers and artists. TruePlay tuning software further enhances your listening experience by optimizing ARC sound for the unique acoustics of the room. Furthermore, when the TV is off, I can stream music or podcasts or my favorite radio stations from all around the world using the Sonos app. So yes, while I'm a million miles away from where I grew up in Australia, I can still stream Triple M radio as if I'm listening from just down the road. Sonos works with all your streaming services, plus you can listen to thousands of stations free on Sonos Radio, tune into local radio, relax with your favorite genres, listen to exclusive artist curated stations, and discover new music on our signature station, Sonos Sound System. Honestly, my kids don't realize just how good they've got it. The sound quality of Sonos is so clear and crisp, you will find it hard to listen through any other device once you've tried it. It's easy to set up, it looks cool, and makes any room look cooler. And if you're into voice control, Sonos makes that easy to set up and use too. Go to Sonos.com to learn more and get your Sonos Arc today. This is the most advanced basketball has been ever. And you can tell that from how many players don't know what a backcourt violation is. If you cross the half-court line, go ahead and pass it back to someone behind it. Everyone's doing it. Game 7 of the NBA Finals, 4-on-1 fast break. And you know the Rook taking a 35-footer. Foul as many three-point shooters as you want, because it's a vibe. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, September 24th. I'm Jay Skeets, and joining us live, as always, Taz Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Taz. Here we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. And last but not least, making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube. We see you guys. Keep your questions and your comments coming for our next Beach Steppin' Podcast. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. We actually have a few fun questions a little bit later in today's show. But before we get into last night's game, another great, great game. Tess, you got a special little thing lined up here today on our Instagram account. Yeah, we've talked about it. Get ready today for Hooper's Vote Day. Go to hoopersvote.org to register to vote, to see if you're registered to vote. It's an important time. But also today, some fun. Yeah, on our Instagram account, a little bit later, 5 o'clock Eastern, I'll be talking to the Grizzlies, Jaron Jackson Jr. on IG Live. Have some fun with that. That man votes. I love that guy. Uh, Also today... Um, some other IG lives. There's some some fun going on with Hooper's Vote. So check this lineup. These are all happening from personal accounts if you're looking for them. So just go to these people's personal accounts. Every hour, 1 o'clock Eastern, The Athletic, Zach Harper and Lee Ellis. Whoa! I've heard of Zach Harper. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as Talk Hoops, and we will be actually talking hoops. And a few other things too. So yeah, join us. Yeah, let's see how much you actually talk about hoops. Look, we'll see about that. Uh, two Eastern, Lakers reporter Mike Trudell and Hall of Famer James Worthy. Three Eastern, ESPN's George Sedano and Minnesota Lynx guard Lexi Brown. Four Eastern, former player Jason Collins with Ben Lyons. Five Eastern, we already talked about that. And six o'clock Eastern, Jerry Ferrara going live by himself. Turtle. <laughs> Yeah. Nice, nice. I knew you guys would love that. So, yeah, come join us. Uh, HoopersVote.org uh, is the website to check out if you are registered because you never freaking know in today's environment. So, check that out and uh, check us out for some fun all over the internet. And uh, obviously, you can go to uh, Lee's Twitter account, my Twitter account, or No Dunks uh, Instagram account to find out what we're doing. All right. Jaron Jackson Jr., a little later today with Tass at the No Dunks Instagram account. Okay, let's get into. Uh... 
Fantastic game. Well, I don't know. I guess it was sort of ugly, but a close game once again here in the Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, a real star in this one, which I'm sure we'll break down. The Heat topped the Celtics 112-109. Yes, it was close in the end, but was it really that close? Uh, they move a game, though, from making the NBA Finals. The Heat are up 3-1. One victory away away from going to the finals. Tass, what's your big takeaway? I have an idea where you're going, but what's your big takeaway from Game 4? For sure. Uh, you, you definitely, you're right that it, it didn't seem super close at the end, but in the fourth quarter there, uh, I, I felt, even though the Miami Heat's strength is that they're really hard to guard because, yes, Jimmy Butler gets the quote-unquote star label, but you never know. Goran Dragic could be the leading scorer like he was in their winning, in their games that they won in Games 1 and Games 2. It could be Jimmy Butler or it could be Tyler Hero, who was the star on this night. But I thought the Celtics figured it out. They were doubling him. They were chasing him. And then the Heat brought back Jimmy Butler, even though they were down one point. Uh, at that point, I thought the Celtics were, were figuring it out. And then it was the Tyler Hero show the rest of the way. It is phenomenal to watch this 20-year-old guy ball this guy who's not legally able to drink this guy who has no need for a razor whatsoever <laughs> he's got uh, a little wispy 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 mustache coming in there yeah jimmy butler's just growing that ugly stash to rub it in tyler hero's face that he can't grow anything he has got no need for manscaped 3.0 lawnmower absolutely none uh, he was he was literally just find him at the top of the key and make it happen. And even you know, the possession that really iced it, it was Jimmy Butler being a decoy and throwing it to a beautiful cut by Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. 37 points, uh, the most by a 20-year-old or under since Magic Johnson in the playoffs. Only those two guys have had 37 or more in a playoff game at 20 or under. Uh, the guy is just able to create offense unto himself. And... Uh, I don't know what this guy's ceiling is, but he is—he was literally uh, the number one option for them all the way down the stretch, midway through the third and into the fourth quarter, because there was a lot of clanks in this game uh, from both sides. There was good performances from a lot of players, but Tyler Hero stood out amongst all of them. Mm-hmm. Amongst all of them, he was the guy uh, that, that crushed uh, the, the Celtic soul in this one because it sure looked like they were going to finish the job uh, but they were a little bit more predictable and the Heat were able to figure them out and turn them over over and over and over again while the Heat remain unpredictable it's I mentioned those guys off the top it's it's who is going to be the guy tonight uh, in this series it's been Dragic mostly and Butler being a beautiful decoy and creating things uh, but in this one and it has been in other games uh, to some degree, but in this one, it was Tyler Hero with a bullet because he was the guy. It was it was wild to see this guy just give him the ball and make it happen. Kevin Arnovitz wrote, in a choppy affair with many ugly possessions, Hero was playing in a different game. <laughs> That's spot on. 14 to 21 from the floor, 5 of 10 from 3, 37 points as a 20-year-old. And Lee, maybe the most impressive part, Brown hits a three. The Celtics are trying to stay alive. It's a one-possession game. And who goes to the line? Tyler Hero just swishes a pair of free throws. No big deal, Lee. He's not afraid of the moment. That's the scariest place in the world, you always tell me. It's the loneliest place in the world, that's and that. for sure. And, uh, you know, considering the game and the stakes and, you know, that they had a chance of ice it. And you said, you said it there. I'm glad you did. Swished both of those. Like, yep. the most pure shots you could possibly see. I was texting with a friend last night in Australia. I'm like... Like, when we were 20 years old, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know anything. And he's out there putting up 37 uh, points on an incredible defense. Jalen Brown. He was shaking Jalen Brown last mm-hmm. night. And he hit the five threes. But my favorite basket he hit was that one where he went inside. Jason Tatum was there. And he basically reversed layup off the backboard so calmly, so smoothly. It's like, who's the Benjamin Button out there? He must be someone else from a different era who's just aged backwards because he plays like a veteran <laughs> Of honestly, of like 10 or 15 years out there, True. doesn't panic, gets to his spots, doesn't force things. I was just like amazed at how he played last night. Again, going against an incredible defense who were like, okay, this guy's locked in. We have to get to him too last night. They weren't letting him, giving him any room, but he was going there. And then a couple of times when he was kind of trapped or the defense was on him, make a nice pass, you know, not selfish, not looking to try to just have a, a huge night, just came in the offense uh, and to get the win, after all that was incredible. Now, if you say to someone, hey, a 20-year-old kid scored 37 points and they won a game, you would think, 
that's not a solid strategy going forward, but it certainly worked last night when not a lot of other players on the Heat really had it going for the uh, for the entire game. But, um, I mean, it, it was one of the most impressive performances I've ever seen. And then after the game, again, he's calm and composed there talking to Rachel. It's like, this guy has got so much maturity. It's, uh, it, it's remarkable to watch. Yeah, but, you know, you talked about that's maybe not the strategy, a 20-year-old going for 37. Like, you're going to be able to replicate that? But yeah. I think Ziller's right, Ghostface Ziller. He said, what was what was fluky about that performance mm. that Hero put up? Nothing. Honestly, I mean, he wasn't hitting insane shots. He wasn't getting lucky bounces. He had one that rolled in for him, sure. But, like, that was in the flow. He was giving everybody buckets last night. You said Kemba, he was cooking. Jalen switched on him. He had that nice little semi-transition, like, hesitation dribble on Tatum and the up and under, that smooth up and under that you talked about, Lee. Trey, I mean, he th- he could do this again. That's not the crazy part. This is basically Devin Booker playing on a playoff team. Um, that's how Give me I Tyler think Hero over Devin Booker. <laughs> oh, I love that. Today. Today. He's Amazing. doing it in the playoffs as a rookie. He doesn't look like a rookie. Maybe it's because he had four months off. So we're technically looking at his second season. I don't know, but it's super impressive. And you're right, Skeets. It's probably not super fluky because... Hero's most likely still not going to be getting the number one defender uh, mm-hmm. from the from the Celtics. But when he does, when he got Marcus Smart on him uh, late in the fourth quarter, dropped a 27-footer right in his face. It really didn't matter because he was in such a flow. And I don't know. It just seems like he he's obviously so confident. And the rest of the players on the team have so much confidence in him. It looks like he's taken parts of Goran Dragic's game and added it to his game. It looks like he's taken parts of Jimmy Butler's game and added it to his game. The guy is technically the fourth option maybe on the heat but if he can go for 37 any night you're in trouble you know the Celtics really haven't been able to string together four quarters of good basketball and like Tass is saying it feels like the heat could have a different leading score every single game out there I guess mm-hmm. Dragic has led the team in scoring in the first couple of games but they've had three different leading scores and you know Jimmy Butler has been good enough where to the point where he doesn't have to do it all he had a good game I thought last night he had 17 through three quarters which I thought was big keeping the heat close uh and keeping them in the lead rather than having to try and pour it on all at the end there. So just an incredible team performance. The Heat have looked great. And if Hero's going to be playing like this, if they're going to be playing like they got four All-Stars out there, they have a very realistic shot of winning the championship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's doing everything. Because it was like, early on, it was like dribble handoffs in the second quarter there, just splashing jumpers in, you know, Time Lord's face. Okay, so easy for him. Then when Walker was on him, he attacked him a couple times. That little layup high off the glass had the gorgeous Euro step on him as well. You know, even in the corner, kicked out to him. Here comes Tatum screaming at him. Okay, little pump fake. <laughs> he screams by, you know, one little dribble, step into it, splash. You said about the, we talked about the one in semi-transition on Tatum, the burying the deep three in Smart's eye. And then that one, I mean, he's the guy, he's the guy that has it going on the night. When no one else is really, you know, all that smooth. I know Tatum finally did get it going in the second half. But instead of, like, going ISO, like, here's Tyler, go to work, kid. Yeah, it's him flashing through the lane. You said it there, Tass, with Butler, you know, as it should be in his hands. But he's still moving this kid around and then finishes with the gorgeous left. And that, and that was obviously a big, big bucket. I have a uh, question that was, about... That was, let, me, let me just jump in on that. That was a killer for me because I thought the Celtics didn't defend that, that cut very well because... Bam Adebayo's arm was hanging on that possession. If you remember at the end, he basically hyperextended his elbow or something, whatever happened. I I didn't see a report as to what happened. But Jalen Brown was guarding him on the perimeter, and he could have just left him uh, to go help out on the cut. But but sometimes these Celtics just kind of hang their heads a little bit, and they just think, oh, this thing is over. But it wasn't. Uh, Their effort level isn't 1 billion percent all the time. So that, that... that possession just irked me a little bit, even though Jalen Brown was real good in this game and he was giving it his all and Tyler Hero was doing the, the the slinky shakes. I never want Tyler Hero to get any thicker, any bigger, because it just seems <laughs> like... Well, I just, I, I, he's probably one of those body frames that can't get any bigger. Lee, you tell me, because you can read him from <laughs> 5 billion miles away. But I, I just think he looks so cool in the way he can... You know, slink here and slink there. It's got a little KD-ish to it, but I don't know if it'll slow him down. But I just, I, I like, I like my Tyler Hero skinny. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. I <laughs> think know, that well, helps you, his game. You brought up that possession, defensive possession from the Celtics. What about the time where it ended in the Dragic wide open three? 
what were the Celtics doing on that one? That was like a minute and a half to go is when Dragic hit that three. That was like really, really, truly iced the game. They but they like, they like blitzed. Yeah, they blitzed, threw this weird blitz super high up at the ball handler. And the Heat, credit to them, you know, nice ball movement. Butler to Bam. I think it went to Iguodala and then, then finally to Dragic. But there wasn't anyone close to Goran Dragic for the corner three. It's like, it was just a weird decision. I don't know if signals got mixed up. What the game plan was on that possession, you know, maybe that was like, hey, let's let's try and shock them with uh, blitzing them high. But uh, Heat were ready for it, and that was, I mean, you can't ask for an easier shot there, Lee, in the corner from Dragic. No, absolutely, and that came after a Boston three at the other end, which cut it back to four points. So they right. were back right in that game. That was a crucial mis uh, miscommunication there on defense. But yeah, Andre Iguodala's pass there was great because he was kind of in the paint. Where it's like you've got a high percentage look here, you can go up, but he he's been Iguodala's not going to shoot it, man. No, no, <laughs> the last thing that guy wants to do. I know, he's he's been struggling badly. He can't hit anything, but the fine Dragic in the corner and then to knock it down was uh, was huge. And you know, it's funny, like Jimmy Butler, he had a good game statistically, uh, and he hit a big basket late, and then he hit a lot of free throws as well late. But there were other times again where he still looks like he's hesitating. He had he airballed one from the paint last night. Like <laughs> left it short and uh, shot a twelve footer about ten feet. Yeah. yeah. Um Amazing. but, but right. I, I know, but then you see twenty four points and nine rebounds, eight for twenty from the field, and it's like, ah, maybe he was better than I thought, but I just didn't feel he had that mojo going either again last night. Um you know, he's getting he's getting a lot of defensive attention. He drove inside a couple of times to get some baskets, but uh it just feels like something's going on with him at the moment. And um, I, I'm, I'm sort of, again, I'm sort of thinking like I, when I looked at the box score to check this morning, I thought he was going to have like nine points and six rebounds. I'm like, oh, wow, he had much more than I thought. So, right. but, but again, crucial plays. He hit that step back in the paint, which was huge for his team. Um, but prior to that, yeah, there was a couple of times it was like he does not want to shoot that ball sometimes. Uh, and that's a little bit of a concern. But again, the heater three went up. So they've still got time to correct things here. But uh, not sure what to make of him at the moment. What did you guys think of Jason Tatum's weird game with the Ofer in the first half and then obviously started hitting some shots? I mean, we saw a lot of zone defense again from the Heat and Celtics were struggling with it for a good chunk of it and then finally did start to hit some shots and he was uh, pretty instrumental there in the third quarter. Tass, why don't you start, like, what do you think about, you know, not only the Celtics and the, the way they played the zone, but Tatum specifically? I just find it amazing watching a basketball game with all my Twitter friends around the world. Uh, we watched the first half together. He doesn't score a point. And everyone, everyone in the world is is using the excuse, oh, he's hurt, doesn't look right. Yeah, look mm-hmm. at us body language doctors. And then, boom, right. <laughs> in the second half, he just plays basketball to his capabilities again uh, and pots 28. I, I got no answer. I just... Uh, was he stiff in the first half? I, I I have no answer. The fact it was a great sign. The fact that they were uh, in it at, at halftime, it was, they're down one, I do believe, uh, with him not scoring. I got I got no answer other than to echo. Oh, it was down. They're down six. They were down ten. Me. Sorry, six uh, was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah they, they did get down, uh, but for them to be that close, I got nothing other to say. I'm just going to echo all my Twitter friends and say he was injured in the first half, but somehow <laughs> yes. gave him the energy got in the uninjured. Half. That's what but happened. Yeah, they, yeah, good job, good job, training staff. I mean, yeah. there's nothing else to say. I thought he was playing good defense as well in the first half. I think part of Jimmy Butler's reluctance is because he got blocked that one time uh, by Tatum. He doesn't want to drive into Tatum. Um, Butler's, I think, um, reluctance has stretched out this entire series. There's something. There's something going on where he just doesn't feel entirely right. Even though when he went to the free throw line at the end there, his first pair of free throws, he kind of did a, a Kawhi Leonard playoff shot with three bounces on the rim, tick, 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 and then it went down. He just doesn't feel right with the ball in his hands. Uh, and he likes to turn it over, and then uh, he's done it twice. He just doesn't catch the ball at the end of yeah, games here in this series. Yeah. Twice. Hands, and, then, and then at the other end, swipe beautifully on whoever uh because he's a that great a defender there's no explanation for any of this uh, jimmy's <laughs> not right uh brad stevens tries to ice him that looks that's great i think yeah. i think it's just play, <laughs> playoff stuff going on uh that's my answer for tatum i got nothing yeah the yeah, well, celtics honestly they just look shaky to me seven turnovers in the fourth quarter they didn't have enough spirit i thought in the first half the attention to detail is there it doesn't look like they really have a plan against the zone they were great in game three kind of attacking right away but it was just more tentative again in game four. And like I said, they've really struggled to string together an entire 48 minutes of good yeah. basketball here. And it just feels like they're being a little overwhelmed. I don't know exactly what it is. Tatum was great during the regular season. He was pretty good 
in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, but he hasn't been able to bring it for 48 minutes so far uh, in this series. And if he isn't being the best player for the Celtics, it's tough for them. Yeah, I know uh, Tyler Hero is no doubt the story from Game 4, but when you look at the breakdown and you you know look at the uh, the box score in this, Boston 19 turnovers to Miami's 8. I mean, that's huge in a game that ultimately was pretty close. They were... Uh, Really sloppy with it at times, for sure. And they didn't, yeah, they, like that was, um, I don't know, they're down 3-1. I mean, uh, we've seen teams come back from 3-1 uh, pretty recently here. So maybe it's not over-over, but it did have the vibe to a lot of people because these teams are so so closely uh, competitive that the Celtics needed that one. I mean, they needed to make this a best of three. And uh, now, like I said, Miami's one win away from going to the finals. Twelfth time Miami's been up 3-1 in their history, and they've never, never given up a 3-1 lead. They've lost by three, five, and three points. So, uh, I mean, Boston, if they look back at this series and ultimately lose it, it's really coming down to a couple of possessions in these last couple of games there. You know, talk about Jimmy Butler. His defense was incredible, actually, on on, uh, Kemba Walker there and on Jason Tatum late. That crazy call that somehow was a jump ball after it clearly came off Tatum, which was originally called a foul, uh, didn't make sense. And then he got Kemba, who got three shots out of it. So, you know, Jimmy, like, he, he he gets the foul caught on the second one and the Celtics get the possession on the first one. But that point, even though I said before he didn't look like he was sort of locked into this game, in those crucial moments, he was still playing incredible defense for his team. And, uh, you know, the Celtics, again, like to say, two games have lost by three and one by five. I mean, it's, it's been incredibly close and they won their only game by 11. So uh, what's that make it... Uh, the, the, they must be even it's on tied, points. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. What a uh, what a crazy thing when they're when they're down three one. So we don't know really any sort of status on Bam uh, as of recording this, right? You guys talked about it though. I mean, yeah, the guy's arm was like looked like it was hanging off his body there, but it was strange. It was like, was it his finger at first? Was it the wrist? Was it the elbow? Was it the shoulder? Was it everything? Um, until we know for sure whether or not he's playing and, and you know, at, at what percentage of his level of capabilities he's going to be playing at, it's tough to say. But, like, if there's no BAM, like, let's just hypothetically say BAM doesn't play for at least game five. Um, you know, can the Celtics do this? Like, he's so instrumental to the Heat's success, and we sort of really talked about him here. But he had another great game, obviously making things happen as sort of their fulcrum there uh, and their heart and soul, as Jimmy calls them. Could the Celtics do this if there's no BAM? I mean, that's a game changer, right, Taz? Yeah, I think the Celtics good. They're they're that close. I, I think really what the Celtics need is a bam. Have they need a five to be able to throw the ball to in the middle of the paint because that's what they were trying to do a lot of the time um, with that zone. Uh, but it's it, I think it's just a little bit foreign for Jason Tatum to get the ball at the nail or Marcus Smart to get the ball at the nail. Uh, it just doesn't happen every single possession. This zone has has thrown them off a little bit. I know Nick Nurse went to it a ton. Um, but this Miami Heat's just, uh, this team is just a little bit better. I think they just, they're a little bit bigger too at the front of that zone. Yeah, for sure. A lot bigger guys in Jimmy and Crowder and Iguodala than, than Raptors guards up at the front of that zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the story. The story really, it's, it's more fun to talk about Tyler hero, but the story really is seven turnovers in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. for a team. You can't, you just, it's just really tough to win. And that's all Eric Spolstra's defense, uh, out there just encouraging guys to get out on the perimeter and forcing them out there. And they, and they kind of hung out there a little bit. They had some good possessions in the fourth quarter, uh, but then they got a little stagnant, a little predictable. Uh, Spolstra deserves a ton of credit for that. And yeah, they need, they need a, a center really uh, that can do what Bam does because Bam was enormous in this game. He, he was so, so good. They can give the ball to anybody while the Celtics – they tried to kind of do what the Raptors did and say, uh, Daniel Tice, you know what? This isn't working. We're going to put you on the bench or we're going to play our five best guys. And that's Gordon Hayward coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. And then that only lasted a couple minutes because they just weren't big enough. They were just going to get destroyed on the board. So huge, huge credit to Eric Spolstra. Uh, and I just wanted to mention one other thing that he did. Hero, the story, because he's way more fun to talk about. But a little thing like Andre Iguodala playing the last 15 minutes of this game mm-hmm. when you know he looks like a guy that... Uh, he, he really, he really just didn't look like himself this season. Uh, but then going into the playoffs, Eric Spolstra's he's he's playing chess. Uh, he played Andre Iguodala every fourth quarter minute possible in that Indiana series, the first series of this postseason. Every minute, all forty-eight <laughs> minutes, because they swept the the Pacers. Iguodala was in there. He knew that Iguodala could be really, really important. 
And and Iguodala was out there. Yeah, you, you said Skeets. He doesn't want to shoot, uh, no, but he's going to he make doesn't. the right play. But he's going to give you great defense, and he's a playmaker. He's still a fantastic playmaker with all that the years of experience playing with all the shooters in Golden State. No, that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Hell, talk, I mean, is this chess playing Solomon Solomon Hill there from <laughs> no. Eric? That's, that's 4D chess, I guess. <laughs> Solomon Hill's the kind of guy when he shows up in a game, you're going to get texts from friends saying, "Who is that?" Yeah, uh, he's got a look to him. No doubt, a sloppy look. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like my man has been in the bubble for a long time. But, but I, th- I think Bam's going to play. He said it was nothing major. He's not yeah. having an MRI or anything. Um, and Stinger if he them. plays, yeah. yeah, exactly. He said he said my arm took a wrong turn. You don't want that <laughs> happening to your arm or your shoulder, whatever it was. Yeah. But I think he's going to play. And you know, just the fact of going to his own, I think it throws the Celtics off so much. It forces Tatum to be a little bit of a playmaker, which he's improved in that, but. It's not his strength, and I think it really, really hurts Kemba Walker. Cause he's he is definitely not like a catch and shoot player. Right. He's not the kind of guy you want to get kick out and then he's pulling for three. He's used to having the ball in his hands, coming around a screen, maybe popping a three there or working up to his mid range jumper. It's tough for him to try and penetrate past Butler and Iguodala, or sometimes it's Crowder up there, guys who are way bigger than him. Then you got Bam standing right in front of his face. That's a lot of people just standing around a guy who's not so big. Overall, not to mention, I mean, Hero's six foot six, right? Like he's got some length to him too. There's so yeah. much length on the uh, on the Heat that it really disrupts Kemba. And when Kemba and Tatum are struggling, that's not great. I thought uh, Robert Williams getting some minutes was actually not a bad idea there from uh, Brad Stevens because athletically he was very good against the Raptors in that series, and he's a little bit more athletic than Tice and uh, and Cantor as well. So I was surprised that we didn't see him actually in the second half a little bit uh, more too because he just. He can contest those rebounds a little bit better with Bam Adebayo, I think. So I, I wonder if Brad Stevens perhaps gives him a little bit more minutes. I mean, he's a little unreliable, of course, on the offensive end, but someone who's just long and athletic just makes it just a touch harder than it does for Daniel Tice, who tries hard, but Bam can just out-jump him. So um, I wonder if that's an adjustment we'll see from uh, from Brad Stevens going forward, because I thought as well for the Celtics, they got enough good looks against that zone defense last night that they if they knock those in, it's a different yes. game. Yes, uh, that's I mean, what it happens when it comes to the zone. You just yeah. gotta hit shots. You're gonna because, get looks that you have to yeah. knock them down. Yeah, you saw Hayward there a couple of times at the top. You throw the ball to him and then just move the ball around. And it was often it was it was smart. Oh, I think he finished one for eight. He had a bad shooting yeah. game, but he had 11 assists. He was still contributing. Um, and, and and Brown and Tatum. I mean, they had looks. So I think I don't think the the actual zone defense last night worked as effectively as the Heat wanted in terms of them not getting good looks. They just couldn't knock them down, Boston. So. You know, it, that, that's why this series, even though it's 3-1, I, I, I don't think it's like a wash in game four, uh, mm. five. You know, the Celtics will still feel pretty confident because uh, they've been they've been good enough. They've been close enough. Um, they just need to tidy a few things up. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a not – the last night's game didn't have a lot of juice to it, I didn't think. It just, it just – I don't know. Maybe it was because they had the longer break. Legs were a bit heavy. Yeah, I don't maybe, know. Maybe. Definitely. There was a lot of missed shots, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. Like I said, I mean, no. Hero was the, the 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 lone diamond within that muck there of that game last night. There was a lot of ugly possessions. And that, and that again, credit to the defense. They're mucking it up. They're making it difficult. Um, but guys were just really struggling to hit shots until, again, Tatum got it going in the second half when he started stringing together some threes there, which made things a little bit more interesting. And the final score of this looks a lot closer than it is, if we're being honest, right? I mean... Like there were some turnovers, the Jimmy Butler one you said, and they were still hit. Like Brown hit the three in the corner and stuff like that. Like they were holding, holding, holding on. Um, but you know, Ned didn't even get a chance at the end. Of course, with like what was it, one second left, and you got to gun it down there and try and hope for like a Christian Leitner, but it's got to be a three. Um, they didn't even get a shot off on that one. So. Let me ask you a question about that because we see it all the time yeah. when there are no timeouts left, but you're down by three, you've got a second. Do yeah. you think it's better to try and chuck the ball down to the other? three-point line because it feels like it gets intercepted every single time would you rather just inbound it to a guy to take a three-quarters court three-pointer uh, I think you can generally even get a half court shot sure uh, because they're playing so far back 100% agree with you Trey these guys are that good at it too that it's not gonna be a brutal brutal look because I guess they're hoping for a lot of the times when they gun it down there to the three-point line is like they're hoping a foul, you know, sure. occurs maybe. Yeah. Though that was a perfect one last night. Like, even if a foul called on Jimmy, it's like still a, it's only two shots, right? It's not three. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I've, th- I've thought about a ton about that too. I'd like, I'd rather my guy on the run just catch it and step into a half-court shot. Yeah, I think and it's also, more, cha- more of a chance to go in half the mm-hmm. time than some of those 
gun it down and then turn around. Yeah. Yeah, because when it goes up, you have to catch it, go down, and then reshoot, like oh, relaunch. Yeah. Whereas if you just sort of throw it out and someone can catch it and flick it at the rim, you've got a way better chance of it going in, I think. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I thought that was a little bit strange because you see at the end of quarters and halves, you know, when, when guys just wait for the clock to run out when they throw it, but they get so much closer. They get such a, a better look at the ball than having to come down and then throw it up over a couple of defenders usually. So, yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, like when there's more, like I get it when there's like maybe five, six seconds, like, but yeah, one second, I just loop it to a screaming yeah. Kemba or a screaming Tatum to around half court, like you're sort of saying, Trey, and then hope my chances that just he catches it on the fly and lets it go. And maybe, you know, your prayers are answered. Like, uh, did Kyle Lowry hit one of those once? And uh, yeah, that was against Miami. That was even further. Yeah, good yeah. point. That yeah, was yeah, against yeah. the Heat. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, um, LeBron's famous one against the Wizards. Yeah. Uh, three-point turnaround mm-hmm. yeah a few. i i yeah i think if you're if there's a if there's a crazy man or woman who broke down the numbers i think you would get a couple bombs uh that actually do go in oh yeah yeah, yeah. and i mean truthfully do what they tr- figured started to figure out in football with the hail mary to the end zone i love the idea of throw it up there have your most athletic guy go up and just try and direct tip it to another guy you know what i mean uh, uh, don't even like you know again drill. it's tough with the timing and all that yeah but a bit of a tip drill like okay tatum jump up there and like don't worry about catching it and coming down shooting it tip it to you know kemba who's going to be to your right or left and like maybe you have a better look there i mean that's so easy to say because <laughs> you need to throw like a 60 foot bomb have your guy get up above other guys tip it to the other guy who catches it in rhythm and shoots but yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, not a lot of time to do things with, and they were out of timeout, so what are you going to do anyway? And again, it wasn't really all that close. It was close, but it wasn't really all that close. The Heat sort of had command, and they were knocking down free throws, Lee. That's a huge part, obviously, mm-hmm. even if some of them were not as pretty as heroes switches there. <laughs> that, that one Jimmy was really crazy. Yeah, yeah uh, if you remember Dirk Nowitzki against the Thunder back in 2011, he had, I think, 23 of 24 from the free throw line one day in Game 5 or something, and basically they were all swishes. They were just beautiful. Tyler Hero I don't with- remember that. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I remember it because yeah. that's exactly what I thought last night. Because I, th- I thought Tyler Hero at some point is going to show his age here, where he's going to be nervous. Because I think it was Tatum was kind of trying to talk a little tr- trash to him there too, but just before he shot them. And then he just went... Chow, chow. I was like, oh, man. And uh, I like the after-game uh, interview when uh, Rachel Nichols asked him he, about being a bucket. He said he was a bucket in high school. <laughs> yeah. And then some people were putting up some clips of him. in uh, high- He must have been like Wilt Chamberlain going up against kids in high school, you know? Like, to go out there at this age and, and doing that on the big stage against grown men on the in the NBA, and he's playing high school against kids who are, like, smaller than him. It's like, he must have just been, like, the great... How did he How did he slip so far? Like, how did he not show up? I don't know, man. I'm just... Uh. Kentucky, man, they don't let their guards do anything. Same thing happened to Devin Booker, right? They're like, that guy's just a three-point shooter. Oh, wait, he can actually do everything you need to do with a basketball. Uh, it, it's incredible, man. I, I can't believe I'm so envious of a, of a 20-year-old kid, you know? <laughs> you called him Benjamin Button. He yeah, looks I mean. super like, young right now, which would mean he's like 80 years old. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. He must actually be like a player, like, I don't know, from like John Havlicek or someone back in the day. And <laughs> he played for the Celtics uh, dynasty back he, in he the He must have. He must have. Because when have we ever seen a kid that young? I mean, remember when LeBron had that big game against the, uh, the Pistons in 2007? You know, LeBron then was like 22 or something, and he'd been in the league four years, and it was kind of like we'd seen enough to expect something like that from LeBron. Like Derek Rose had a game in his uh, his yeah. rookie year there against it was against the Celtics was it not that was his uh, playoff rookie debut though I don't think that was mm-hmm. his rookie season was oh, it oh he was still uh, right. he was super young though yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that was 09, so that was his rookie year oh it was was it yeah uh, okay yeah yeah he had thirty six points I remember that that was a great game too but uh, <laughs> you know the magician oh, yeah. magic but, you, but again in nineteen eighty you were, were yeah. forty five years old you must remember Magic Johnson <laughs> but again those he scored two, forty those two people were the number one picks in the draft yeah that's you true. know like it's like not a, you know, it's a surprise to still see a guy perform at that level, but to see someone like Tyler Hero, who you're just like, man, this this guy, is, like, no one sort of expected him to he do this. He didn't even like make it. the all-rookie first team there, yeah. <laughs> Heard Van Gundy all upset about that. No, it, I mean, not not how they play, but because we are older, I remember Dwayne Wade's rookie playoff run, and you know, he had some duds in the two series I think he played in there um, against uh, Hornets and Pacers, if I remember correctly, in his yeah. rookie season. But you see those like, wow, a rookie, uh, this is special. Like This guy is taking over, 
instances, fourth quarters for them, getting them some victories. And it was like special, special stuff. Now, he's still a high pick, so maybe it's a little bit more, you know, not as shocking uh, that this guy is taken later in the in the lottery in Tyler Hero. But still, it is cool. Like, I kept thinking of like, I remember those moments still in my head. I was a lot younger. Um, and now, in theory, there are young kids watching this going, wow, this Tyler Hero kid is something special. And again, mm. I'm with Ziller. This does not feel fluky what he's doing no. at all. I mean, he's been doing this for a good chunk of the bubble, chunk of the playoffs. And like this was next level. Don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to go for 37 in Game 5. But I don't think it's far-fetched to easily see another 20, a 25-point game in this kid uh, moving forward, either in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals, right? Yeah, it seems to be he and Duncan Robinson are kind of uh, alternating big performances because Duncan had a stinker last night, but uh, he'll probably come back with six threes in game five now. So. Well, but that's a huge difference, right? Duncan, it's like, it's just going to be threes. Right, right. I mean, that's it. But this right. is the beauty here. This is yeah. not just threes here from this kid. He's playmaking. He's averaging like nearly eight rebounds per game in this series, <laughs> too. I mean, he's not afraid to get in there. Trey no. said it like he's... Yes, he's slight. He's got the skeets frame task, but, uh, you know, he's, he's tall and he's not afraid to mix it up and he goes and gets it. I mean, that's impressive to me as well. Like it, the the package of this kid's game already at 20 is is uh, special stuff here. I mean, he just got a, he'd have found a gem, I think. And he just fits with this culture. You see how pumped those guys were after the game for a hero, like Goran Dragic squealing like a little girl, like giving him a rub of his head. Hey, Tyler! Yeah, and like the same with Bane. Come on, this guy. Like, they were really, really like, they're, they're, they're rooting for this kid. Uh, and I'm sure they've put him through hell and the rookie hazing and all that and stuff. So, you know, it, it's like a little brother to them. I get that. But that's pretty. it was just pretty cool to see that. I'm yeah. old enough to remember when Jimmy Butler was a bad locker room influence and you didn't want him around young players. And now he's <laughs> lifting this young right. guy up, making him an all-star in front of our very eyes. Uh, Skeets, though, you do have the Tyler Hero frame, but I notice you you look a lot older than him. Are you actually Tyler Hero oh. as a six-year-old boy? Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tyler, come talk to me. I'll tell you how to grow a beard in 20 years that's still not that great. But, yeah. That looks good, man. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. I'm starting to take care of it a little bit more. I never got that beard oil from you, Trey. I guess I haven't seen you in a long time. That's a good point. Yeah, you got to ship that over to me. <laughs> I'll uh, anything to add to this one? Um you know, can the Celtics do this? Sounds like Lee, you sort of believe that it's not over, over, despite being down three one. That's going to be pretty instrumental. But what yeah. do you think? Oh, I, I think. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it in the bubble as well. Again, again, you know, the Celtics don't have to go to Miami and try to win a game now. The, the games are all on those uh, neutral surfaces. And I, and again, I don't think they've played super badly. I thought they weren't their best last night. But I, again, I think they know uh, have a strategy that can work against Miami. And, and again, I mean, you lose three games by five points or less, you're not that far behind that team. So uh, I think the Celtics realize that it's still it's still a series anyway. I I, I don't think Miami have just completely annihilated them. And uh, right. the Celtics, you know, they've come this far. They're not going to just quit by any means. You know, they're going to fight. So uh, I think it's still alive. I think the series is still alive. You reminded me something when you said the neutral court. I think it was the, the Windhorse podcast this morning. I heard them talking about, could Tyler Hero have done this in a normal season? Like as a rookie, 20-year-old. Now that would have been a home game, but like, yeah. could he do something like this, you know, on the road? Because we've removed all that. It's a great point. Like, uh, you know, there isn't. But they say, and I sort of agree with them, if any rookie or if any young kid you could look at and go, oh yeah, they could do that in front of, you know, 20,000 screaming fans, like telling them they suck. It would be him, oddly enough, because of that <laughs> confidence and that swagger. So it's, uh, I guess I think he could do it, uh, you know, on the road, go for a, a 30 plus point game in a playoff game. But it is a fair point. This is a, just a strange, strange environment. And some guys, as we've seen, have flourished in it. I don't know. What do you think, Trey? There's definitely something to the idea of not having 20,000 people screaming at you every time you catch the ball. And I think uh, that's got to that's gotta play a factor in seeing, you know, huge games from Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell. All of these younger guys who are surpassing what we would have expected from young guys in the playoffs. Um, yeah. But like you're saying, Hero's got the confidence to be able to make these plays if there's zero people in the stands and if there's a million people in the stands. I don't know if he would necessarily be affected. Right. I'm sure it would be somewhat right like he maybe doesn't have 37 maybe only has 35 an off night something like that but uh i think he could do it there's there's definitely something different about being in the bubble that we're seeing you know probably the heat aren't making it to the finals if we're not playing in the bubble but that's the way it's going right now so you got to embrace it anything else to add tasks before we move on no i i have enjoyed this conversation but i'm ready to move on all right let's take a quick break then to hear from our sponsors hey guys so, uh, hey JD, hey, how's it going? 
Great talk. Great talk. Really enjoying it. Really, really, <laughs> really enjoy pondering how the bubble will affect these young guys and their entire career if, when you think about it. Anyway, yeah. speaking of kids, I have one. And he's in grade nine. Sorry, the ninth grade, as they say here in the United States. <laughs> and uh, he's been assigned his first real essay. 32 paragraphs. Back in my day, we were assigned essays by the word. 3,000 words due on Friday. Oh, my God. Kill me now. Anyway, this is what's going to happen. When he finishes it, he's going to ra- go to Rachel. and He's going to say, I'm done my essay. And she's going to say, give it to your father to read. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't get me wrong. I love my son. But the last thing I want to do is plow through his first attempt at a 32-paragraph essay, which I guarantee will be the first draft. There's no way he's even going to read it once before giving it to me. So you better believe that that thing's going straight into Grammarly before I even lay eyes on it. Grammarly is the digital writing tool you can always rely on to get your message across clearly and effectively. And we've got the premium version, which features clarity suggestions. Those sentences are going to be clear, concise, and crisp. By cutting out unnecessary words. This essay is going to be 25 paragraphs by the time Grant is going to go, he's going to fail. He's going to go, damn it, I got to go write more? <laughs> Grammarly is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people put their best words forward. Want deeper insights on your writing? Grammarly Premium gives you advanced feedback on tone, word choice, punctuation, and more. Get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash noducks. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash no dunks. So you're a student and you use Grammarly. Cheating or no? I guess not because it's like a tool to help you learn, right? Yeah. It's got a plagiarism thing where you can put your uh, your essay in and uh, find out if you play. How mad would you be? If you, if you wrote it, done it, and then it's like, oh, I'm sorry, this is uh, this is plagiarized. Yeah, Maybe not thought. start with Webster's Dictionary uh, defines. <laughs> what's the uh, what's the essay about? Do you even know? It's uh, something to do with drama. I don't know. Okay, he told me, but it went. <laughs> it's glazed right over, so I'm not looking forward to reading it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> At least it's only thirty-two paragraphs. That's right. Just thirty-two paragraphs take to read. I don't even know. Yeah, I've never heard of a of an assignment by the no. paragraph either. Yeah. It's page, either page for sure or, or word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. This is the new thing kids are doing nowadays. Yeah. Well, Jackson, when he writes something, when I say, hey, write, write me a three-page story, he picks, like, the biggest, most, fl- like, calligraphy font. It's like... <laughs> Classic move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, respect, right? You, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, respect yeah. to respect. Got to. Double space. Yeah. yeah double line. Triple space. Yeah. Oh, come yeah, on. Tri- sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Bump the font up a little bit. Maybe even uh, get a little sneaky. Bring the margins in a little oh, bit. Margin works. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know the margin works. <laughs> oh, <laughs> those the tricks. Uh, oh, right. first thing you do when you open up that document. Courier new. It's <laughs> a wide font. You don't want that Tyler Hero font. You don't want the J.D. Oh, Skeets no. font. You want the fat ice hockey font, all right? You want that's a the... Kyle Lowry boost yeah, font. It's right. wide. I want my ease to be extra boosy. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's hit the beach for a few questions. Questions here get us in the mood. First one: Dunkaroos, Dinkarinos, and Dumperonis. <laughs> Dion Waiters. That's good. Dion Waiters is currently a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. He's barely played in the playoffs and has scored ten total points. Lest we forget, this is the same season he was unceremoniously booted off the Heat for eating weed gummies and posting boat pics. If the Lakers win the title this year, Waiters will nonetheless receive a ring. 
Who are some of your favorite unlikely members of championship teams? That's from Jeff Beal in Bloomington, Illinois. I'm going to start it because I always think of this guy, and I'm like, God, that guy won a title, and he had a really weird short career. Adam Morrison winning a title <laughs> on the 09-10 Lakers. I mean, he's on that team. You know, he's a number three pick. Uh, what was he, like 06-07 draft. He played for the Bobcats. Then he got injured, and then it was like sort of sort of over from there, but he bounced around a little bit. But he played in two playoff games. I checked. Played in blowout wins for either team in the first round versus OKC for the Lakers. Scored eight points. So he's very close to Deion Waiters. But uh, I'm just always like, that guy, the stash. We're talking about that wispy stash on Tyler Hero. Yeah. Well, how about the stash on Morrison? <laughs> Didn't that was he his go, nickname. He got two. Yeah, he went back to back, I think. He went back to back. Yeah. Excuse me. He's yeah. even crazier. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for reminding that. I forgot about it. He did? He went back to back? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah, sure he, he did. Yeah. He I didn't know he play on... in the playoffs. But uh, Okay, yeah. so did he get a ring? He probably did, I guess. Yeah, he was on the team all the way there. He was okay. on the end of the bench. Right. You know, so he only played over... in the playoffs the one year, yeah. Yeah, the funny he was thing in his about- oversized suit for sure for every every game on the play, on the on the bench. But it's crazy what happened to to Adam Morrison, how he went from number three pick and a very short career. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about Dion Waiters is, if it's a Lakers Heat final, he'll win a ring either way, won't he? Because if the Heat <laughs> because if the Heat win, right. you know, he played on their team during the season, and then obviously if the Lakers win, he gets one anyway. So he's. Incredible he's question. Yeah, yeah. He's laughing, yeah. Uh, I got a couple as well from the 0708 team. Uh, Brian Scalabrini now, you know, he played on that team during the season. He did not play in the playoffs that season. And uh, if you remember, he had a pretty funny post-game interview after they won uh, the championship, sort of just talking trash about, you know, what the team went through and what he did and how hard he worked. And it's like, yeah, I know he's a role player, but he didn't get a minute at all. Right. In, in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, but it was kind of like, I think Scalabrini knew that, you know, he was he was kind of laughed at a bit and picked on. So he was just getting his uh, shots back in at everyone else saying, listen, man, I'm a champion on an NBA team. That's right. all that counts. And I understand my role. So, you know, respect to him for that. Respect um, to him for that. Uh, I'm a, I always think of Nick Young when it comes to this story because he was, uh, you know, a player that people made fun of at the beginning of his career with the Washington Wizards. He was doing the cinnamon challenge with JaVale McGee for a few <laughs> years. Uh, and then he went to the Lakers and he took that shot from up top and he turned around and it rattled out because he thought it was going down. So he was, uh, yeah, a bit a bit of a punchline, especially on the internet. But it was not a punchline when it came to the Warriors run in 2018. He played for that team. He played 80 games during the regular season. And, you know, he was a, definitely a role player off the bench. Uh but I think he was signed in sort of a similar uh, role to Adam Morrison, that this guy can get hot and score in bunches. Uh, and he hit some shots uh, for that playoff team for the Warriors. So Nick Young, he did it. He did. I was surprised that he didn't get picked up for the bubble this this season because he's not an old man by any means. He's, well, he's 35. That's kind of old now. But yeah. <laughs> I, it, it blew my mind. Adam Morrison's only 36. Wow! Right? Oh my God! I thought he was way older than that. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, he's like a, he's a reverse Benjamin Button. He <laughs> yeah. looks way older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you got, Trey? Uh, I immediately think of a random player on a championship team. I immediately think of the 2006 Heat, who had Jason Williams starting as their point guard for a long time. Then he showed up at the White House wearing a Ho Depot T-shirt, <laughs> like one of the most legendary <laughs> internet pictures. And it's like Jason Williams. This guy came in throwing every behind-the-back pass in the world. He eventually made his way to the Grizzlies, where Hubie Brown said, "You should throw normal passes." And that's how he basically remade his career to become a a role-playing point guard. He was pretty solid for the Heat, but um, very weird to look at that team and see that. Both Jason Williams and Antoine Walker got a title off of <laughs> off the heat. Why not? Yeah, that's very, very good. Good uh, good ones there. Let's hear from you guys. Tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. or let us know in the YouTube comments some of your craziest, unlikeliest uh, champions, really. I guess Jeremy Lin on the Raptors is going to be a weird one, <laughs> you know, 20 years from now. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, he was on the Raps, but because you remember Linsanity and what he did and Ended up picking up a title. Maybe he's coming back, as we talked about. Who knows? All right. How old is he? How old is he? That's what we need. How old is Jeremy Lin right now? Yeah. yeah. 32. 33 is my it? guess. That's, no, he's probably not oh, even that guessing. old. So he's, yeah, he's right in the middle there of, uh, of uh, who did you say, Nick Young, and who's the other guy? Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison. Oh, no, they're older, yeah. 
Uh, anyway, move on. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to tell me how old Jeremy Lin is. Now no, no, no. He's 32. He's 32. Oh, 32. Wow. Okay, good call. Wow. Good call. All right, one more here. Hey, no dunkers with Michael Jordan now owning a NASCAR team. Would you all want to see another MJ documentary titled The Next Dance that goes behind the scenes of his first NASCAR season? I personally think it would be entertaining to watch MJ be disgusted whenever his team finished second or talk tons of trash to the other teams and berate other drivers for bumping his car even in the slightest. Also, do you think the NBA will ever have a show that follows a team during training camp like Hard Knocks on HBO does for the NFL? And what teams would you most want to see featured? I would have loved to have seen a Jim Boylan-led training camp with the Bulls last year. Thanks for being the best podcasters and manscapers in the game. That's from Drew in Michigan. So a couple questions there, Trey. You know, you got the MJ angle with the NASCAR team, and then you got the possibility of whether or not the NBA would ever do a hard knocks and which team you'd want to see. What do you think? Sign me up for this MJ NASCAR series. My first inclination is no way I would watch a series about NASCAR. And then I think, wait, man, you watched two whole series about F1 racing, and now you're waking up to watch them yep. race in Russia on Sunday. Yep. I can't wait for it. So, yeah, if you're going to do a Michael Jordan one where he's in NASCAR, that's probably the only way I'm really going to get into NASCAR. But at the very least, I'm going to get one of these jackets whenever they come out with him. Be looking like a rapper from the late 1990s, <laughs> early 2000s in a NASCAR jacket. Some weird ads on it. I'm sure there will be a Jumpman at some point, but uh, it's going to be the hottest item out there pretty yep. soon, I would think. As for a Hard Knocks uh, styled thing, they used to have that, right? They used to do something called the Association. Uh, uh, the difference yes. was that it was on standard broadcast television rather than HBO. Yeah. So it was pretty neutered. You would have to do it on HBO so you can get people actually cussing and, you know, just showing us their real selves rather than the sanitized version that the league's going to want to show you. I think a Trailblazers one would be pretty interesting. Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, both interesting guys who are very uh, camera friendly. You would have, if they're able to bring Mello back, you would have that sort of redemption arc of his career. Nurkic is a pretty funny guy. Gary Trent Jr., very handsome. They've got all the pieces for a solid series. Yeah, the problem is, I would say, trying to compare like an NBA Hard Knocks with an NFL Hard Knocks is, I, I've watched a decent amount of those Hard Knocks seasons and they're awesome. But the, a lot of the drama lies in, is this guy going to make the team? Mm-hmm. Right, because you know, like, yeah, they they sort of sometimes focus on some of the uh, the star players, and you see the behind the scenes, and that's all great, and you could still do all that, and we have that. I know the Raptors do a phenomenal job of that um, with with some of the production that they do, in, in like hanging out with these guys and stuff. But you don't really have that Lee in the NBA as much of like, hey, does it matter at all that much of like whether the twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth guys like are these guys going to make the cut or mm-hmm. are they not? Where in football, that they they do an unbelievable job of maybe making that drama even more important than it is, but for some reason. And uh, I don't know. I just don't see that wouldn't it wouldn't be there in the NBA for no, me. For I, but you'd have all the other stuff like Drake's yeah. talking about. Yeah, I, I would guess uh, a lot of that has to do with the fact there's only what twelve to fifteen players uh, making right. an NBA team, and most of the, you know the the top five or six pretty much you know who they are, and then the rest of the guys just kind of fill in the. Well, I would say see, I would say you know basically going into every season, you know basically the ten guys that are, that are going to be on the team. Right, right, yeah, right. right. <laughs> That's so what I like mean. Like, but very few spots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas I, I, I don't know what positions you're talking about there in football, but I'm guessing there's a lot more competition for those yeah, running so. backs yeah. and, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I think a uh, a fun one though would be now to see the way the Clippers season ended to sort of go from where that started to. You know, they had that uh, crazy chemistry in the locker room early in the season where Montrez Harrell was kind of calling out the team to the point where they were like still probably the favorite, you know, close enough in the Western Conference at the start of the bubble to then blowing that 3-1 lead and uh, and just sort of seeing what, what it was like in the locker room after that game, I think. I think there'd be a story there because obviously could see the eye rolls from all the guys of yeah, Paul George is talking. Yeah, a little bit of sniping at each other as well sure. there, and uh, you know that that actually next season would probably be still pretty fascinating considering I think Paul George is the same as Kawhi that they've only got one year left on their contract guaranteed where they have to stay. Um, so you know next season could be quite interesting as well if things don't get off to a good start and um, you know to see if this experiment where the Clippers went all in ends up blowing up in their face. It, it right. might maybe they end up though after one season of this of the chaos, they get actually on the same page and go on and win the championship. That'd be a pretty remarkable story too. Yeah, I thought we'd get some more personal player footage from the bubble, not a not a slickly produced, uh, huge, you know, follow these, this team around because you can't have a lot of camera people in there. I don't right. know what our man John Scott from NBA TV is producing down there, but uh, I just thought that players have nothing to do. They can't be with their families. <laughs> 
So why didn't why aren't they on IG Live all the time? <laughs> I was a little disappointed in that. I wanted a little bit more of that. But they are, by all accounts, recording like a documentary, right? Down there in the bubble. I don't know who, if it's ESPN, the NBA TV, NBA themselves. Like there will be, I think, something. Uh, you know, yeah. a documentary series or whatever after the fact, right? That, that, that mm-hmm. takes a long time, to, of course, to produce, and, and we'll hopefully see. I think. Right? Yeah, I'm but gonna... like like my hands, the last six months, it's going to be sanitized, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yes. the, that's the thing is that yes, if it's probably. coming out via the league or yeah. a broadcast partner, you know it's going to be the family-friendly stuff, and that's actually the thing that's more amazing with hard knocks is that the NFL is just as image conscious as any other right. league out there, maybe even more so. And they're willing to put this out there and have their coaches and all these players look, uh, not exactly how you would anticipate, but actually what people are really like in real life. It would be awesome yeah. if, if the NBA would do the same. I don't see it happening anytime soon though. Unfortunately. Yeah. yeah I agree with you. All right. So great questions there. Keep them coming. No dunks at the or tweet them in at no dunks Inc. Uh, for all of these shows here, throughout the remaining playoffs and, of course, our specific mailbag-only episodes, Beach Steppin'. Let's take one more quick break. Hey, I'm Taz Mellis of No Dunks on the Athletic. Do you want to walk into a room with your chest puffed out, your neck long, and your shoulders broad? Of course you do. For me, getting clothes that fit properly can give me the confidence I need to do just that. Indochino hooked me up with the gear that fits perfectly. I dreaded getting dressed for my Zoom meetings, but now I change for each one with a big smile on my face. I did a virtual fitting on Indochino's slick website for them to get my measurements. I didn't have to talk to a single human. There are so many options. Here are a few I chose. A long shirt, because I tuck it in. I got a no dunks monogram, and I decided against a shirt pocket. I sincerely did not think that custom fit clothing was this affordable, and all customizations are included in the cost. The website keeps your measurements on file so you never have to re-enter them. The best part, Indochino suits start at just $2.99 with all customizations included. Indochino is a no-brainer if you're getting married. Visit one of the Indochino showrooms across North America, or book a virtual appointment like I did and shop online at Indochino.com. And right now, you'll get $30 off any purchase of $3.99 or more when you enter code TAS. Not ass, TAS, T-A-S, at checkout. That's Indochino.com, promo code TAS. Hello, this is Steve Smith, and I'm a real hooper. What real hoopers do is they lead on and off the court, more importantly in their community. Gotta go to hoopersvote.org, learn how you can make a difference, make a change, once again, hoopersvote.org. Get out there and vote. Make a difference in your community. That's from Steve Smith, a real hooper. Okay, it's time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Got a couple for you here. Okay. Two for the price of one twit. First one from Shad Alayan. <laughs> Celtics getting cooked by 11 from oh Stranger God. Things oh, and that's it's... Tyler Hero in his was... Wisconsin high school days so like two years ago or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably more like five oh, yeah wow. I mean he's like what 14 or 15 maybe wow yeah <laughs> Um, but, That's when he started growing his goatee. Started right there. <laughs> Just came in with those eight hairs. Absolutely not far off, though. That's that is good stuff from from Shad. Yeah, yeah. That's eleven right there. Although eleven has changed her look uh, very much. Next one here, Jamel Hill. <laughs> Since we're big Teen Wolf fans here, oh, it's it's a hate relationship with Teen Wolf, but Solomon Hill, who never plays for the Miami Heat, checked in. Jamel Hill tweeted, I knew as soon as Teen Wolf checked in, there was no way the Heat were going to lose tonight. Uh, good stuff there from Jamel. Solomon Hill. Yeah, a, bit of a bit of a scraggly look there. 
Is he still getting paid from that contract that he got basically after that yes. series against the Raptors? Yes. Which, I think so. Sure. Wow. I think so. I think so. Was that a Colangelo? No. I guess that money was... is not going to the barber, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Pacers contract, wasn't it? Uh, or Pelly's. No, I thought Pelicans, I think. He was a oh, pacer right. with yeah, the, yeah, yeah, against sorry. the Raptors, I think. That's yeah. right. He hit a yeah, few yeah, shots yeah. with the Pacers <laughs> and got paid by the Pellies. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was part of the uh, the Andre Iguodala trade uh, where he landed with Jay Crowder. Was, they got three parts, and now he's playing playoff minutes. What a but deal. But they didn't bring him, didn't and, bring him uh, back in the second half. And uh, who's the Teen Wolf guy that you love, Lee, that we all hate? Styles. Oh, Styles, Styles Stalinsky. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> who's the Styles Stil- Stalinsky of the, of the bubble? Hmm. <laughs> That's a very good question. Because, I mean, he, he was like a, a mover and groover, you know, he liked the attention. I mean, Pat <laughs> Riley, get, Pat, Pat Riley yeah. gets things done, but he doesn't have that same persona as Styles, you know? He does it all on the slide. Yeah, he's also uh, an old man. I know, I know. I'm, try, I'm trying to... I'm trying <laughs> Give to me Michael it. Porter Jr. He could be Ooh. a Styles. Oh, I don't mind that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He was a bit more Some controversial, though, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Styles was a man of the people. Oh, my God. You think Michael Porter <laughs> Not Jr. Not one more controversial people. than Styles? I don't think he's a man of the people, though, Michael Porter Jr. I think he's... <laughs> Uh, sort of keeps to himself. Styles is out there, man. He's amongst it. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, you think you, you just keep thinking about it while we start to wrap this up because we've got another game on tonight. We're back to the one game a night flow here. It's back to the Western Conference Finals, and it is Game Four. Lakers, as we've talked about, oh boy, they're in a tough spot. Tough spot here because you either win this one if you're the Lakers, you're up three one, then the Nuggets are happy and they'll storm back, or you throw it, Trey. And you go to 2-2 and take your chances in a best-of-three series. But what's one thing you're watching for here in Game 4 tonight of the West Finals? That's exactly it, Skeets. As the No Dunks memes page on Instagram created, it's the Lakers' dilemma. Do we go up 3-1 <laughs> where the Nuggets have won all of their series? Or do we straight-up let them tie it 2-2? They're in a no-win situation right here. Because wow. if they win, they immediately lose. And if they lose, the other team wins. Wow, this is crazy. But... <laughs> If you're really looking at the series, the Nuggets have basically played the Lakers even since game one, right? It was uh, definitely a change uh, in series that threw the Nuggets off, but Murray and Jokic have shown up for each and every game, and when your two superstars are able to play well, that's right, two superstars, when they're both showing up, you've got a chance, and, you know, the Nuggets have a chance. The problem will be that I'm expecting a huge game from LeBron James tonight. He was chilling at least in the first half of game three, people were saying he was washed. People were saying maybe he's injured. And then of course he did some stuff in the fourth (laughs) quarter. So we'll see if he's hurt or injured tonight or if he's just the standard great player that he always is. But things are pretty even out West, even though, you know, it it definitely felt like the series could have been over after the first couple of games. Yeah, okay. Lee, what are you watching for tonight? Uh, To see if the Lakers try to do something to uh, get basically under Jamal Murray's skin. And maybe that's Rondo, that guy, because uh, Jamal Murray, I mean, he cooked him in that fourth quarter down the stretch, and we've seen him do that multiple times in the playoffs. Now he's got his confidence up. I think uh, Jamal Murray's going to be feeling pretty good. So I wonder if the Lakers are like, all right, let's let's get onto this guy and make sure that he can't do it, because if you are relying on, on Monte Morris and, uh, you know, Michael Porter Jr. To, to, to hit those baskets, that's okay for Denver. But if Jamal Murray has a big game, then I think the Nuggets uh, know they can win the game. So I think they're going to try to get just just up in his grill from the start, right. make it uh, make it a bit of an uncomfortable game for him because we've seen it, man. When he gets hot, he's uh, whew, he's unbelievable in the bubble down there. So put LeBron on him. Do. See, I don't think uh, I don't think the Nuggets would mind that. I mean, he's not going to do that from the entire game. No, no. Uh, and Jamal Murray, I mean, he's quick. He's quick and get his shot off. And and you know, LeBron's a brilliant defender, no question about that. But Jamal Murray, uh, I think his speed and his ability to sort of he's he's so herky jerky. He never sort of just goes one way. He's always fidgeting and uh, moving around. So I think Jamal Murray would be okay with that matchup at the start. Kind of like Styles, huh? He's a herky jerky guy. Oh, never yeah. just goes. Never just deals with what he's supposed to be dealing with. There he is. At, he's a problem. That guy's a problem. Like, like in the Styles negative sense. Styles was a problem. <laughs> Styles Stalinsky was a walking bucket. bucket. He was a walking dick. Uh, a walking dick. We need to make that one of our t-shirts. What are you looking at? We got a lot of t-shirts. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Dunk nose. What are you looking at? Dunk nose. That'll take off. We already talked about that. Yeah, people would, people would buy that. Uh, Tass, anything to add for uh, tonight's game? Anything you're watching specifically? 
Well, Anthony Davis setting the tone from the beginning yeah. is the the most important, I think, for the Lakers because they got out-superstarred. The superstars got outplayed by the Nuggets superstars in Game 3 there, and it's up to the Lakers two stars to set the tone, and then everybody else falls in line, and they were not that in Game 3. That's all right for them to have an off game, but uh, I expect them to come back uh, a fighting, as most teams do after uh, losing a game. So looking forward to... Uh, so the whole roster playing for the Lakers in Game 4. We'll see if, if they can do it. Because otherwise, the uh, the Nuggets fill that void. Boom. And they could be 2-2 very easily. What's the tip time on tonight's game? I forgot to look. It's probably nine, 9 o'clock. Is I'm it a guessing. 9 um, yeah, It's going to be a long night. It's going to yeah. be a long night. Better stock up on your energy. 9 um, o'clock, yeah. Okay, great. 9 o'clock tip. East Coast time. 6 o'clock Pacific time for all of you out there. Should be fun. Hope for another close game. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, to break it all down and talk about it in detail. Let me know if I have this right, guys. At 1 o'clock Eastern today, Lee, on your Instagram account, you're going to be talking to at Talk Hoops, Zach Harper. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. Okay. Yes. And then Tass, on the No Dunks Instagram account, you're going to be talking to Grizzlies forward Jaron Jackson Jr. Actually, no. I'm going to be talking to Jaron Jackson Jr. on Jerry Ferrara's Instagram Tass, account. No, you got Tass, it right. Jesus. You got it right. On No Dunks account. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, that's right. Sorry five to be a reptile five o'clock or Eastern a turtle. Time. All right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, you've got fish, I know, in your house. You're going to be adding a turtle soon? I love that band. Uh, Jerry and I... Gary. Yeah, turtle. No, nah, I'm not into turtles. Are you? I used to have turtles. I've talked about them. But no, they're they're not all that interesting. Nah. Better than... You know what, though? They're better than fish. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I mean, fish are boring. I don't like that. Turtles or fish? Uh, yeah, I just, I'm not a huge <laughs> aquarium guy as it is, you know, let's be honest. Um, email us your questions and comments for the next Beach Steppin' podcast. Grab yourself some sweet No Dunks t-shirts before we make uh, another 10 of them, because we got a lot of ideas, dick noses. Go to nodunks.com. <laughs> and if you haven't already, subscribe to The Athletic. Tell them we sent you. Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks and sign up for $1 a month. That is ridiculous. And if you are an American citizen, make sure you are registered to vote. Happy Hooper's Voter Day. Hooper's Vote Day, I guess is what it is technically, if I have that right. So go make sure you register to vote, for sure. Clipper Bros? You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, fish are better than turtles? No, no, no. Turtles are better than fish. You know what? It's a wash. Both not too interesting. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. Every minute